The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. So DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to 25000 bucks. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Now, for all new customers, DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-brainer of an offer. DraftKings is giving you a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. Yep, you heard that right. All it takes is one touchdown, Brady and Mahomes, and your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BULL, B-U-L-L, to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Plus, all new customers will have a shot to double their money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's code BULL, B-U-L-L, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash predictions dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. What is good, everybody? Welcome in to the SI Gambling Podcast. My name is Ben Heisler. I'm flying solo today. We'll have another episode coming up a little bit later on this week with myself, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, of course, Frankie Tadeo over at SI Gambling. Of course, this podcast is presented by the good folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I encourage you guys to check out the link right in the podcast description to be able to take advantage of some of their opportunities ahead of the big game, uh, including a bonus to double your money uh, if a touchdown is scored in the game. So a nice little betting opportunity there over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I, I feel like we've been continuing to get sharper and sharper on this podcast. And so much of that is with the people that we've brought on. We've had some terrific odds makers, had some really sharp betters over the course of our show. But this is somebody that, uh, as we were talking a little bit earlier, some of the, some of the sharp information uh, you don't want to handle with kid gloves because it's it's coming in razor hot. And that is John Lindheimer. He's the sportsbook manager over at Harris Hoosier Park. Uh, this is somebody that has over 25 plus years experience, uh, whether it be in management and customer service or every single element of brick and mortar sports books and now has taken that knowledge um into the world of harris hoosier park and uh he's also been providing some just terrific and insightful information uh over on his linkedin page as well so john it is great to have you on i'm excited for the rest of us to become a little bit sharper headed towards the super bowl so thanks for making time for us oh man i i'm tremendously honored and humbled that you invite me on the show well, thank you for being here. And I, and I kind of just want to start by giving our listeners an opportunity to learn a little bit more about your story. Like you've worked in this industry for a long time. You also worked as you know, a professional better for many years as well. How did you ultimately end up here at Hoosiers at, at Hoosier Park um, and now really taking over an industry that is continuing to just soar? Uh, well, it all came with the overturning of PAPSA. Uh, my career was... Uh, pretty much spanned the 90s and the 2000s and in the early uh, 2010s I, I worked on a few boats in Florida as a sportsbook manager but at the time PAPSA was overturned I was working in a high school in Florida and coaching 
high school tennis and working as an instructional assistant to special needs uh, uh, students there. And, and then one day, uh, the uh, Supreme Court made that decision. And I remember being in the classroom one morning and one of the fellow teachers walks in and he says, uh, well, it looks like your future just changed. And at the time I was pursuing uh, uh, working in the high school system, but um, then my wife started sending me uh, uh, job openings over the next few weeks. And I, I just started hearing that old music playing. And I had to get back in. So what's that line from, from the Godfather? You know, I thought I was out, but then they pulled me back in. It just kind of felt like it was the right opportunity at the right time. What would you say post-PAPSA has, has changed about the industry? And especially now that you, you've been there uh, since what I believe July of 2019. So right over about a year and a half or so, what's changed the most about the industry since you started running the book over at Harris Hoosier Park? Well, um, the industry definitely changed, but I'll tell you uh, what's really changed uh, forever is how the American public consumes sport entertainment. It will never be the same again uh, now that we have legalized sports gambling. And it's going to be very important for sports leagues in maximizing revenue to make a friend of sports gambling and especially uh, struggling leagues, uh, they can especially benefit from gambling interest in their products, such as uh, uh, women's major league soccer, which has had its financial issues. And I'd love to see uh, the women's professional hockey league uh, become uh, uh, more of a a mainstream product than than it is. And uh, in other in other leagues such as professional lacrosse and such, but um, uh, the, the sportsbook industry as a whole, I mean, it's just so wide open right now to somebody who loves the sport industry and wants to get into it. it it's this is the perfect time, and and you can rise so fast in this industry. I just saw a, a, a young man who was a writer just uh, learning how to write tickets uh, about a year and a half ago down in Indiana Grand, and now he's out. Uh, then he, he, he quickly uh, became a supervisor, and now he's out in Vegas uh, working in one of the big joints out there in risk management. And, and it's just, I, I mean, you just write your own ticket if you have passion and, uh, and you're willing to learn all aspects. Well, it's no surprise to me, John, us, us Indiana grads, we, we tend to be fairly sharp fellows here and there. We tend to occasionally be able to get the job done. Well, that's what people say, but <laughs> people are right. <laughs> we try to be at least. Um, so let's let's dive into everything that has been happening over leading up to the Super Bowl. I'm curious to know when you guys set out your opening lines, uh, whether you were at three, whether you were at three and a half, and, and tell me a little bit more about the process and how you got to your original line uh, and also the total as well. Well, um, we opened three with the favorite minus 120, the Chiefs minus a dollar 20. If you play Tampa Bay, you're getting plus three at even money. And uh, that actually is kicked out by uh, – the hub and the risk management, but uh, it was pretty much in line with everything else out there. Uh, we opened up 57 and a half on the total, and that's backed off to 56 and a half, 56. Um, and uh, there was upward pressure for that for this first week after the uh, championship games, but now 
uh, and it was a lot of Chiefs money coming in, and I thought we might pop three and a half there, but uh, now we're starting to see Tampa Bay money come in, and I've seen that before when you have two weeks for the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of times, uh, it, it'll seem seems like everybody's jumping on one side the first week, but then uh, the the money on the other side comes in the following week. With the Tampa money coming in, was that due to any move to three and a half, or has it been consistently three the entire time? We've held steady at three. Okay. Although there's although there's alternate spreads where you can you can get off the uh, get off the three and and getting on or off a three in that game, of course, is is uh, it's a very important number uh, three. So, um, but it's uh, well, I tell you, you can put that number in stone right now. Wow. Okay, that's really good to know, especially seeing so many other books uh, tending to bounce back and forth. And we talked to one other odds maker earlier this week who mentioned that you know, when he had it at three, it was all Chiefs money coming in. And then the moment they moved it to three and a half, then it was all the Bucks money coming in. So to hear that it's going to be set in stone at three, that's, that's important to note. I, I should also ask you about that total. People love to bet overs in Super Bowl, especially the public. And knowing these two teams and these two quarterbacks, um, you know, it surprised, I think, a lot of us initially when we saw the total move down the way that it has to, to as low as 56 in some books. So you mentioned 56, 56 and a half. Um, is that in large part to, to sharp money coming in on those unders? And uh, if so, uh, do you anticipate maybe the line moving any further back up because of the public money coming in on the over? Well, Ben, uh, when you got an NFL total of 57 and a half, there's a lot of ways to go under that. And uh, a lot of ways that a game can could, could result in less than uh, almost a point a minute. So I think the number was a little high expecting that, that public over money to begin with. And uh, we backed off to 56, 56 and a half. There's uh, – Weather reports that uh, you could see you're going to see some rain and some thunderstorms in the morning, um, and maybe that's leading to some of this under money. But and I definitely have seen um, the weather be considered in some of the prop action. I'm seeing kick returns. Uh, the, the one guy opened up 28 and a half uh, um, on kick return yardage, and he's down to 23 and a half now because mm. they're expecting. Um, just, just less uh, yardage on props like that because of the weather, I think. But I even had one customer saying he's betting these things because of the weather. However, um, this is in 1970 or 1980 when, when you get a sloppy field and you just you know went under and, and just waited at the winter to cash. These fields have underground drainage systems and, and, and um, state-of-the-art uh, systems to handle inclement weather and the most well-trained um, grounds crews in the world and, and, a, and a little bit of a uh, little bit of rain I'm sure they'll easily be able to uh, handle that on that field and what you what I look for if I'm looking for a weather total is wind it's yes. wind that really makes uh, 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 leads to lower points but they're only looking at five to ten uh, mile an hour wind for this game so I'm really weather is going to affect this total much at all. I, I'm really glad you you brought that up, especially as somebody who's played in the daily fantasy scene for a while. Is that rain and snow tend to chase people away 
when in reality, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. You're still going to see the line move typically because there's going to be movement on it and people are going to be taking the under because they just hear rain and snow and they get scared. But it's wind, especially upwards of 10 miles an hour or more, that really can make a determinative figure on the outcome of the game. So that's definitely something to monitor, especially if there's some storms involved and the wind picks up. But I'm with you there. I I think it'll be curious to see what the ultimate forecast will be. Tell me a little bit more about your your time as a professional better and and how in your current role now managing a sports book, how that's helped you or or helped maybe change your perspective uh, in, in your current role now. What have you learned from those previous years that's helped you become a better bookmaker at this point? Well, I've learned what, how to identify an edge, and I learned how to identify uh, sharp batters when they come in. And um, my style, in, 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 in talking as a betting, from a betting standpoint, you have to find, you have to have a style. You have to find out what your own style is and what works for you, and basically um, return on investment for the time you're putting into it. And for me, when I gambled uh, seriously uh, as, as a living, I call that um, self-employed day trader. So <laughs> I, it, searching for numbers, it comes down to the numbers you get. I didn't sit and watch a lot of games. I didn't read about them and research uh, players and know who the offensive linemen were, were and all that, because I always figured that anything that I can read or learn from watching the game or, uh, uh, or any information on the internet, that's um, already figured in the line. And I always got my best ROI on investing my time just strictly looking for mathematical discrepancies and the numbers out there and getting a mathematical edge in the game because the formula to winning is edge. That's the formula to winning for both better and book is edge times volume. And uh, that's that's how you get your edge up. It's just like casinos. They have all these uh, um, different casino games and they have a small house edge in every one of them and they get huge volume and they make millions. And um, the one thing for sure, if you think you have the edge and you don't, you'll be punished. So you have to know when you have when you have the edge. That's that's the main thing. And in betting and booking, it's just um, to me. It's, uh, it's, it's really the same thing. So if, if I'm the book and you walk in and you want Tampa Bay plus three at even money for $100 and you bet that at my book, that's the same as us betting Chiefs minus three at even money. So who's the better and who's, and who's the book? It's, we're just right. getting obverse sides of the same wager. And uh, so you get to pick them and, and, and the book puts a little juice in there. And that's where the, the yin-yang comes in. But, um, yes, uh, I, I, you have to just know what your style is. When the pandemic initially shut down a lot of these books, what was, what was that time like for you? And, and also, once everything started to pick up, like, did you envision a situation where we would see a full NFL season? And did you have to make any sort of adjustments along the way, whether it be with you know, futures or exposure? What were... What I guess were you guys planning for and what ultimately changed, if anything? Well, we learned a few things. One thing we learned during the shutdown was that unfulfilled sports gambling demand is going to find its way to other markets. 
markets. And that's where Russian ping pong came in. You heard of, people were just betting uh, millions on, on any kind of sporting events that they could get their hands on. And um, I knew that it was going to be very important that the baseball uh, uh, would find a way to finish its season. And then uh, the NBA and NHL would also find a way. And, um, and I just was crossing my fingers that, that that would take us to an NFL season that would start on time. And when baseball, uh, the owners and the players worked it out, I, nobody was happier than me. I, I knew how important that that was going to be. And uh, these leagues fought their way through it, and there was a lot of adversity, but it was highly important for this industry and highly important for the American people in general to have something to uh, take their minds off of uh, these problems that we're experiencing right now. And uh, I, I can't thank the uh, athletes enough for what they've done. I'm with you there, and I think especially it exceeded – you know, so many of our expectations, I would have never bet that we'd have a season be completed from start to finish. And you're right. There's, there's a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches, a lot of teams and organizations putting themselves on the line. Uh, so we can have the opportunity to have that entertainment. And I think that's a really good point that that should be discussed a little bit more often. Uh, but before we dive back into the game, I also want to congratulate you. Uh, you finished second in gaming today's booking uh, bookies battle contest. And this is, <laughs> It's no, uh, it's no small feat, John. Like this is some of the, the best handicappers in the country, uh, and to be able to to finish second among that group must uh, must have felt pretty good. Oh, it, it was fun. I had a lot of fun with it, and um, uh, the the winner, uh, Man- Randy Mandalay, he just had a just a amazing season, and uh, I treaded water a little bit too much in the middle there. Too many numbers moved against me, and. Uh, but uh, he certainly deserved the win, and, and, and um, I had a lot of fun with it. it. It was a blast for sure. So one thing that I want to make sure that I ask you about is obviously you have so many different props uh, available for the Super Bowl, anything from player props and, and MVP futures. Um, you have, and again, I don't want to speak necessarily for, for your book, but there's some books that are offering the coin toss and Gatorade color on the novelty side. If somebody, one of our listeners, is looking to try and find an edge in the prop market. Uh, what would be an example of something that they could look for that would indicate, okay, maybe this is something that I could try and take advantage of. Shop your lines. Bet, be ready to bet on anything if you're getting a mathematical edge. And I mean, anything. Bro, I would recommend to get rid of one's opinion and just look for great numbers. For instance, if I walk in and, um, uh, well, there's a prop that I bet. Okay, will, will there be a team score three straight times in the game? That's one of my favorites. Uh, most people, when they hear that at first and they're not familiar with that prop, they think that it's an underdog, that, that somebody's going to score three times, one of the teams. It's actually a pretty strong favorite. And in this game, I've seen – Everywhere from minus 250 on yes, there'll be three scores in a row. And uh, the take back 175, but then I saw another place that has only minus 175 on the three scores in a row and plus 145 on the dot. So you can take or lay the same number. So that's an opportunity where the better is betting with no juice or no vigorous involved. So 
which is the right side. Uh, the side that you can get more volume on is probably the right number. So uh, if you can get a, a, a larger bet down on the minus 250 than you can on the minus uh, on, on, on the plus 175 side, if you can get a larger bet on that than the minus 175 on the yes, then yes would be would be a play. That's a massive discrepancy. And again, you that that's fairly I would say it's common to find a pretty big discrepancy amongst books, but I mean, that type of, you know, minus 250 to plus 175, um, that's almost staggering. Well, yeah, but the, but the take and the lay are still the same though. The 175, you're, you're talking about a minus 250, but a 75 cent line, but listen, you're going to find middles all the time. You have, a, you'll have running backs. Maybe a place gets more action than the other one. And one place, for instance, is offering a running back at, 72 and a half yards and he might be 77 and a half yards at, a, at another place so you just go whichever way uh you were looking at that or you can even middle it because believe it or not those things middle all the time too it, it comes down to the numbers you're getting um one of my favorite props is uh will there be a one a, a touchdown of zero to one yards or under one and a half yards for the shortest touchdown if you will and um, what would you think the favorite is in that? Over it, or under one and a half yards? I would say that. So, so the question is, will there be a touchdown scored of over or under one and a half yards? Yeah, short TD. Is it going to be over shortest, or under one and a half? I would think under one and a half would be a favorite because of these teams' propensity to, to get towards the goal line. And both Brady and Mahomes have the ability to sneak. Um, they have solid running backs. I would, I would imagine, and this is just not even looking at the lines, that, that under one and a half would be a favorite. You're sharp. You're sharp, Ben. You're exactly right. And the high, when you get a total in the low 40s, it's about a pick them either way. But the higher the total goes, the more likely it is you're going to get uh, a, a touchdown of uh, less than one and a half yards. And, and another thing in the, these props, it's important – uh, to read the wording, and it's important to understand how things are scored. And let me tell you how uh, it's scored in the, N the NFL. If that ball is just inside the two-yard line, and they punch it in, they call that a one-yard touchdown. So it kind of, it, it, it'll include touchdowns of anywhere from one inch to five feet and 11 inches. It's all considered a one-yarder. So it doesn't have to be just you know a, a one-yarder to get it in. When it comes to some of the other props that may offer, uh, you know, far longer odds, like if we're talking about, you know, MVP betting, for example, um, how does one determine proper value? I, I know that the math plays a lot of the role in this as well, but say you're looking at Tyreek Hill uh, at plus 1200 for MVP or Travis Kelsey at, at plus 1100. Um, obviously there's still long shot bets to pay off because the quarterback typically gets it, but, um, with that type of market, or if you're sort of shooting for the moon a little bit, how do you determine uh, what you would consider to be a good vol uh, to be a, a fair value play? And then, are there any other sort of props that you're looking at that we haven't discussed? Well, on stuff like that, I look I look to see if there is a two way market on it. Like you mentioned, Hill at twelve to one to win the MVP. If I can bet, if I can lay minus 12 the one that he won't win it then i know i'm getting value at 
at twelve at getting plus twelve hundred. I look for those yes no markets, and if I can find something uh, that's equal, uh, that there's no no juice involved. Like for instance, he's a fifteen to one underdog at one place and I can lay 15 to one against him winning it at another. I know 15 to one is probably, you know, that, that, that's some value there, but um, just like anything else, if, if you want to bet it uh, and there's no two way line, just get, just get the best number you can. No doubt about it. What one thing too, and for anybody, like I mentioned before, uh, if you're looking for a little bit more information, if you follow John uh, on his LinkedIn page, John Linheimer is where you can find him. Um, there's, there's something to be said about a certain type of bet that you've taken advantage of over the course of the last several months. And that's first quarter totals. I I know that, like we said, the math plays a major role in this, but how did you end up finding, uh, and making that, you know, that sharp advantage, finding out sort of that, that first quarter projected total and really being able to take advantage of it. From, from betting it thousands of times over about 20 years. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, it. Experience, that's it. Can't, can't, can't teach it. I can't give my secrets away either, or that would, uh, I, I would lose my edge. It's, a, it's, it's tough enough with machine learning, trying to uh, 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 reverse engineer these, these plays when you, when you win at them. But uh, uh, I do specialize in certain props. Um, First quarter totals in uh, in college football, the one and a half yards in uh, in the NFL, and also largest leads in NBA. But I haven't seen largest lead being offered too much these days, unfortunately. Is there a particular sport that you've had the most amount of success with, and, and why is that the case? Well, baseball's the 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 easiest and simplest in a lot of ways because money lines are involved in almost everything. And it doesn't take much to know uh, whether you're getting an edge or not if you can lay 120 on something or take plus 122 on the other side. You know that there, there's a, a, an advantage there. But um, in the NFL, is there an edge if you can lay four at 11 to 10 and take plus five and a half at 11 to 10? Is there an edge there? It's a little bit tougher to figure out when you're talking and juice on both sides and then so then you have to uh it's, it's just a little more complicated but um it doesn't take a genius just, just to get the best number though i, I can't um uh, stress that enough how important it is at the end of the day to um get the best numbers and just to remember that uh the name of the game is to be around to bet another day that's for sure absolutely a couple and more I will questions tell you one thing with the numbers the, the sports book industry is putting up this year. Uh, Indiana just set a state record back in December with 312 million, uh, while New Jersey did uh, uh, 3 million shy of 1 billion, which blew everybody's mind. And uh, the American public sees this as a beatable market. I can tell you that. Wow. The numbers, especially coming in from New Jersey, got our attention. But the fact that you had over 300 million in the state of Indiana, it's more and more states have to recognize the the type of income that it can bring in and help with their budget, especially post coronavirus. Like it, like I'm I'm in I'm in the state of Kansas right now, and it's it just feels like it's right there on the wall. You just need legislation to be able to go through again. Probably a conversation for 
another time, but it, this needs to move and this needs to move quickly uh, because this is something that is so advantageous for so many of these states, uh, at least in my opinion, especially if it's done right. A uh, couple more quick questions for you, John, and you've been super generous with your time. It's, it's been really insightful being able to, to learn from you today. Um, as far as in-play wagering goes, um, that's still a fairly new market for a lot of bettors here. It's been obviously around for a long time. And I think as more states start to legalize sports gambling, it'll become much more familiar and people take advantage of more advantageous markets and being able to wait on a line and get it at a number that they feel really good about. With this Super Bowl, is there any particular suggestions or advice that you would have for anybody that's looking to bet in play for Kansas City and Tampa Bay? Well, in play betting, first of all, you have to know that there's a lag involved. And often you're what, what you're seeing on the television, is that it can be 15 or 20 seconds behind what's actually happening. And I would recommend betting during, where, during breaks where the uh, ball is uh, out of play, like the commercial breaks or between quarters and stuff to make sure because there's, there's nothing worse to sit there and make a bet and as it's being approved that your team just gets intercepted and it's going back the other way and oh, oh my bet just went through you know you know what i'm saying i, I learned that the hard way a handful of years ago that was not fun especially with basketball where, where the, the the ball's going up and down the court and it the ball could change possession three times just just while a bet's getting approved uh, but um, footballs, you got generally about 30 seconds between each play, so it's a little bit better for that. But um, and again, if you can compare lines too, there, there's discrepancies in uh, the live lines, and if you're fast, you can uh, get the best line during the in-play too. But yeah. whatever way you enjoy uh, uh, making your plays, and, and, and uh, if you're talented, you're going to be rewarded. You got a prediction for the game? I'm going with I, I took plus three and a half at even money with the Bucks. I think that um, I don't think Kansas City's as hungry as they were last year when they got that first big win. And uh, facing Brady isn't gonna, is, isn't going to be like going up against Garoppolo for uh, the 49ers last year with, with that Chiefs defense. And um, they're at home. If they can stay away from turning the ball over. I, I really like their prospects. It's going to be a fascinating, it, it'll be an absolutely fascinating game. I think certainly much more intriguing than, than what we saw last year. And especially with Eric Fisher out, I, I think that's going to be a sizable uh, impact for Kansas City. Mahomes is magical. There's really no doubt about watching him play. Uh, but knowing how good that Tampa pass rush is, that's going to make him uncomfortable. And uh, this is still somebody, you know, a couple weeks removed from from a turf toe injury. So that's going to be a fascinating element of this game as well. John, thank you for the insight. Thank you for the time. It's been a pleasure getting a chance to, to know you and get a chance to talk to you. And, and thanks for filling us in on some pretty sharp information that I think a lot of our listeners will be able to take advantage of. So appreciate you making time for us today. Uh, ben, it's one of the joys of my life to come on this program today. Thank you so much, sir.